Second Chronicles chapter 3. <clears throat> then Solomon began to build the Lord's temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, <clears throat> where the Lord had appeared to his father, David. At the site, David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan, the Jebusite. <clears throat> he began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's foundation. These are Solomon's foundations for building God's temple. The length was 90 feet and the width 30 feet. The portico, which was across the front, extending across the width of the temple, was 30 feet wide. Its height was 30 feet. He overlaid its inner surface with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress wood, overlaid with fine gold and decorated with palm trees and chains. He adorned the temple with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was the gold of Parvaim. He overlaid the temple, the beams, the thresholds, its walls and doors with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. Then he made the most holy place its length corresponded to the width of the temple, 30 feet, and its width was 30 feet. He overlaid it with 45,000 pounds of fine gold. The weight of the nails was 20 ounces of gold, and he overlaid the ceiling with gold. He made two cherubim of sculpted work for the most holy place, and he overlaid them with gold. The overall length of the wings of the cherubim was 30 feet. The wing of one was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wing of the other cherub was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, reaching the wing of the other cherub. The wingspan of these cherubim was 30 feet. They stood on their feet and faced the larger room. He made the veil of blue, purple, and crimson yarn and fine linen, and he wove cherubim into it. In front of the temple, he made two pillars, each 27 feet high. The capital on top of each was seven and a half feet high. He made, he had made chain work in the inner sanctuary and also put it on top of the pillars. He made 
100 pomegranates and fastened them into the chain work. Then he set up the pillars in front of the sanctuary, one on the right and one on the left. He named the one on the right Jachin and the one on the left Boaz. Second Chronicles chapter 4. He made a bronze altar, 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. Then he made the cast metal reservoir, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and 45 feet in circumference. The likeness of oxen was below it completely encircling it, ten every half yard, completely surrounding the reservoir. The oxen were cast in two rows when the reservoir was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The reservoir was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were toward the center. The reservoir was there. The reservoir was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or a lily blossom. It could hold 11,000 gallons. He made ten basins for washing, and he put five on the right and five on the left. The parts of the burnt offering were rinsed in them, but the reservoir was used by the priests for washing. He made the ten gold lampstands according to their specifications, and put them in the sanctuary. Five on the right and five on the left. He made ten tables and placed them in the sanctuary. Five on the right and five on the left. He also made one hundred gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and doors for the court. He overlaid the doors with bronze. He put the reservoir on the right side toward the southeast. Then Huram made the pots, the shovels, and the bowls. So Huram finished doing the work that he was doing for King Solomon in God's temple. Two pillars, the bowls and the capitals, on top of the two pillars. The two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars. The 400 pomegranates for the two gratings. Two rows of pomegranates for each grating covering both capitals bowls on top of the pillars. He also made the water carts and the basins on the water carts, the one reservoir and the 12 oxen 
underneath it. The pots, the shovels, the forks, and all the utensils. Huram Abi made them for King Solomon, for the Lord's temple. All these were made of polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zeradah. Solomon made all these utensils in such great abundance that the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in God's temple, the gold altar, the tables on which to put the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold to burn in front of the inner sanctuary according to the specifications the flowers, lamps, and gold tongs of purest gold, the wick tremors, sprinkling basins, ladles, and fire pans of purest gold, and the entryway to the temple, its inner doors to the most holy place, and the doors of the temple sanctuary of gold. First John chapter 3. Look, look, look at how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children. Look at how great a love the Father has given us that we should be called God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin also breaks the law. Sin is the breaking of law. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins. And there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Everyone who has been born of God does not sin, because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin, because he has been born of God because he has been born of God. 
This is how God's children and the devil's children are made evident. Whoever, whoever does not do what is right is not of God. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another, unlike Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, but closes his eyes to his need, how can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and action. This is how... We will know we belong to the truth and will convince our conscience in his presence, even if our conscience condemns us. That God is greater than our conscience, and he knows all things. Dear friends, if our conscience doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God and can receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Now this is his command that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he commands us. We, dear friends, if our conscience doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God and can receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Now, this is his command that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another as he commanded us the one who keeps his commands 
remains in him, and he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the Spirit he has given us. Nahum, chapter 2. The one who scatters is coming up against you. Man the fortifications. Watch the road. Brace yourself. Summon all your strength. For the Lord will restore the majesty of Jacob. Yes, the majesty of Israel. Though ravagers have ravaged them and ruined their vine branches, the shields of his Warriors are dyed red. The valiant men are dressed in scarlet. The fittings of the chariot flash like fire on the day of its battle preparations. (laughs) And the spears are brandished. The chariots dash madly through the streets. They rush around. In the plazas, they look like torches. They dart back and forth like lightning. He gives orders to his officers. They stumble as they advance. They race to its wall. The protective shield is set in place. The river gates are opened, and the palace erodes away. Beauty is stripped. She is carried away. Her ladies in waiting moan like the sound of doves and beat their breasts. Nineveh has been like a pool of water from her first days, but they are fleeing. Stop, stop, they cry, but no one turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end To the treasure, an abundance of every precious thing, desolation, decimation, devastation, hearts melt, knees tremble, lions shake, every face grows pale. Where it, where is the lion's lair, or the feeding ground of the young lions, where the lion and lioness proud. And the lion's cub, with nothing to frighten them away, the lion mauled whatever its cubs needed, and strangled prey for its lionesses. It filled up its dens with the kill, and its lairs with mauled prey. Beware, I am against you. This is the declaration of the Lord of hosts. I will make your chariots go up in smoke, and the sword will devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and the sound of your messengers will never be heard again. He then told them a parable. He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray. 
He then told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not become discouraged. There was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect man. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect man, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Then the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. Will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay to help them? I tell you that he will swiftly grant them justice. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find that faith on earth? He also told a parable. He also told this parable. He also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and looked down on everyone else. Two men went up to the temple complex to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee took his stand and was praying like this, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. God, I grant you that I am not like other people, greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. But the tax collector standing far off would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but kept striking his chest and saying, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. God, turn your wrath from me, a sinner. I tell you, I tell you, this one went down to his house justified rather than the other, because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Because everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Some people 
Some people were even bringing infants to him. Some people were even bringing infants to him so he might touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. Jesus, however, invited them. Let the little children come to me and don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, whoever does not welcome the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. No one is good but one God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. I have kept all these from my youth, he said. When Jesus heard this, he told him, You still lack one thing. Sell all that you have and distribute it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. After he heard this, he became extremely sad because he was very rich. Seeing that he became sad, Jesus said, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Then who can be saved? He replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. Then Peter said, Look, we have left what we had and followed you. So he said to them, I assure you, there is no one who has left house, wife or brothers, parents or children because of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times more at this time and eternal life at the age to come. Then he took the twelve aside and told them, Listen, we are going up to Jerusalem. Everything that is written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked, insulted, spit on, and after they flog him, they will kill him, and he will rise on the third day. And he will rise on the third day. 
he will be mocked, insulted, spit on, and after they flog him, they will kill him, and he will rise on the third day. And he will rise on the third day. They understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the road begging. Hearing a crowd passing by, he inquired what this meant. Jesus, the Nazarene, is passing by, they told him. So he called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. Then those in front told him to keep quiet. But he kept crying out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and commanded that he be brought to him. When he drew near, he asked him, What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. Receive your sight, Jesus told him. Your faith has healed you. Instantly he could see, and he began to follow him, glorifying God. All the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God.